Dot Jackson had a pregnant girlfriend, Pearl Bryan was her name. He and Alonzo Walling met her at the train. That night a plot unfolded, poor Pearl lost her life. Scott and Alonzo both hung for that cry. Foolish greetings, everybody. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and as always, those tunes are courtesy of country legend Bobby Mackey. Thanks for stopping by Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. When I had my radio show, I did a segment on burial rituals performed and practiced all over the globe. And I remember learning so much and thinking just how bizarre some of them actually were. I wanted to share some of these rituals with you for the next couple weeks, as there are so many traditions and rituals and so on. So, let's hop right into it, shall we? First on my list is the Ghana Fantasy Coffins. Especially and custom made by specialized carpenters. They aren't your typical coffin. They are considered art, and they damn well should be. They are truly beautiful. And if you haven't seen them, you guys, I recommend looking at images online of Ghana fantasy coffins. In Ghana, it is believed that death is not the end at all. Life indeed continues on into the next world, just as it did on this earthly plane. The fantasy coffin is only viewed and seen on the day of the burial, which is a shame because it's so beautiful. It should be, you know, enjoyed a little bit more, but that's just me. Each of these coffins are made to order, each one special and unique, one of a kind. Each coffin takes anywhere from two to about six weeks to make, purely a labor of love. An avid fisherman, may be buried in a coffin shaped as a fish, a chain smoker in the shape of a cigarette case. You get the drift. Usually the coffin is made out of wood from the local Wawa tree. Next up is Balinese cremation. It's quite the ritual. It's so special that David Bowie had requested in his will this type of burial. It's a special tradition that is very unique to the island. The family of the deceased will build a tower made out of paper mache, bamboo, and wood. They call this creation Wada. When the day of the ceremony and burial approach, the body is placed into the Wada, then a procession follows. Joy is in the air, for they are celebrating the deceased one's life. A celebration of life, if you will. Think of New Orleans jazz funerals. It's like a parade. There's oftentimes an orchestra. And there are crowds upon crowds of mourners, usually carrying offerings and memorial type things for the deceased. This is considered the time where the living help the dead move on from their most previous life and into the next releasing the spirit from its body. This allows the spirit to reincarnate 
or find final rest in moksha, being free from the cycle of reincarnation and death. While David Bowie didn't get the full-on ritual and he was cremated in Jersey, later on his wish was respected and fulfilled as his ashes were scattered in a Buddhist ceremony in Bali. Once the procession makes it to the cremation site, the body is then transferred to the Lembu, and a priest will oversee the burning of the body. Now, real quick, while I was doing research on all these things, I saw some videos, some YouTube videos, where they were actually doing this to a priest. And these people were walking by, these Americans, and somebody actually told them, a local said, come by, check it out, take pictures even. We are very proud of these things. It's celebrating the life. And it was pretty crazy seeing this person on fire, but it was really interesting to say the least. So the final step after 12 days of the cremation of the body, the ashes are then scattered into the sea or the river, which leads into the sea. The final act of purification. This ritual is known as Nobin. Next burial method that I want to talk about is Mongolia air sacrifice. In Mongolian culture, they believe in returning the soul back to its source. The traditional ceremony involves several steps. When the person dies, the llamas are directed over. And yes, I said llama. The llama is important in this ritual as it chooses the day of the burial. And then the llamas and the loved ones of the deceased pray to keep the evil spirits away. In addition to praying, they place blue stones around the body to prevent the evil spirits to make any contact with the deceased, like whatsoever. The good spirits they allow and welcome by burning incense and leaves food out as well. During the ceremony, no one is allowed to touch the deceased. Believe it or not, only a llama can actually do this. And when the time comes to move the body, it must be passed through a window or a hole in the wall. This prevents evil spirits from entering through the door. The corpse would usually be placed into a cart, which was then pulled by a cow or a horse. They would then venture off to a very special area, uninhabited and used only for funeral purposes. Now in South Mongolia, the body is placed on top of a horse. And upon reaching the funeral site, the horse gallops until the body is thrown off. Once they take the body and leave the village, the body is placed on the ground and again, stones are circled around the body. It is then left there where it is expected from the local dogs and the natural predators to eat the body. The dogs would be tied up until the right time came where they could feast upon the body. And when the body is no longer there, it is believed the stones that once circled the body represent that of the loved one's spirit. The feasting upon the body it's important, and I'll tell you why. It is believed that when the animals come and consume the body in a rapid manner, it means that the soul is pure and innocent and has indeed reached heaven, where it can now be reborn. So, after leaving the body to the natural elements and animals, after the third day, 
The people come and examine what's left of the body to see if the soul has risen to heaven. If it has not, the other visiting days are the 7th, the 14th, the 21st, and the 49th day after the burial. If there was something left of the body, this means that the soul was not admitted to heaven and was considered stuck in the remains and unable to reincarnate and find a new body. The Lama is then permitted to return to the site and pray once more for the deceased and the soul. Next on my list is Australian Aboriginal Mortuary Rites. Many Aboriginal groups would bury their loved ones in two stages. The first step is to leave the body of the loved one on an elevated platform where it will remain for several months. As time passes, only bones will remain. When this happens, the bones are collected and painted with a reddish ochre. Then it is up to the family what is done with the remains. I mean, some will choose to bury the bones, while others may put them in a special location or even carry them around with them. Ceremonies can last for days, sometimes even weeks. I mean, it's a huge deal. People take off work. Children are taken out of school so they can all participate in this celebration of life, in this ritual. Within some Aboriginal groups, it's a strong tradition that they never say the name of the deceased. This is thought to disrupt the deceased person's spirit. Sometimes they will use a special name or even a nickname to refer to the person while talking about them. Substitute names include Kumanjaya, Kwementaye, Kumanara, and many others. It is also thought by some that keeping any photograph of the deceased will also disturb the spirit. So many families will rid themselves of every single shred of picture of the deceased. I mean, honestly, kudos to anyone who could do that. Me, I'm personally way too weak. I cherish the pictures and memories of loved ones so much, and they're no longer here, you know, so it's like hard for me to just throw away and disregard them in another matter. And I know it must be hard for those people too to have to do that, but it's a ritual, and if they find it disrespectful and whatnot, I totally understand why they're doing it. Next up, smoked mummies. While doing research for burial methods, I came upon smoked mummies and I was super intrigued. I just, I had to learn more. It's a rare thing to do and it's been going on for several hundred years. Papua New Guinea, as mentioned, it's rare. As the only people to practice this type of mummification involves the Anga tribe of the Morobi Highlands. Where hence a mummy is usually encrypted in a tomb, the smoked mummies are strung up on steep cliffs overlooking the nearby villages. The Anga people believe that this smoked corpse of their loved ones look over them and therefore they're protecting them as well. Now, not every single member of the Anga tribe will have what they consider an honor to be smoked as it is a huge honor. Only those that they see worthy, as this is an excruciatingly long process. It's no walk in the park. For those easily grossed out, you may want to pass the next minute or so. And for those eating, you may want to pause, eat your grub, and then continue. You've been warned. 
It first starts with a slicing and dicing, okay? They slice open the old knees, the elbows, the feet, and other joints, and they insert bamboo poles into the stomach and all those slits they just made on the body. What's the purpose of this, you may ask yourself? Well, I'll tell you, no need to guess. These poles drain whatever body fat is in the body. It is then collected for what they call a strength ritual, which is supposed to transfer the power that the deceased had and pass it down, giving it to the living. This is done by them smearing the fat and guts all over the face. Nothing like a good facial to start the day, am I right, my friends? It's not only for one's face, though. Any leftovers is to be used for cooking future meals. Nothing going to waste. Once the fat is out and collected, the next thing they do is they sew every orifice of the body from your seeing vessels to the buttocks. This process allows the body to be sealed up and to preserve it. The flesh won't rot as quickly as it normally would. A few of the body parts are sawed off and collected, such as the palms and tongue, and are given to the widow or widower of the deceased. Now, one last thing to do before the smoking begins. They bound the body in rope, and then it is smoked in a communal fire pit. And it's no quick smoke out or barbecue, my friends. This takes several weeks, up to three months. This will continue until the body is ready to be coated in a special red clay. Now, you know, this may sound silly, but the red clay keeps the predators and scavengers away from the now mummy. And it serves a higher purpose, preserving the body for centuries. In an article I found, it says that as the body bloats, that they widen the anus cavity so the organs can fall out. Unsure why they'd sew it up in the first place. From beginning to end, the mummifiers must stay with the body the entire time. And it's considered bad luck if any part of the deceased, fluid or body, touch the ground during this time. I don't know how they prevent that from happening. It seems like almost impossible. The mummy is then placed into what they call a nest and will only take the mummy out when a special occasion is taking place, quickly putting it back returning it after the festivities end. National Geographic has an article detailing one mummification on a member of the tribe. See, this job is a heinous one, so they don't really do this ritual anymore. But to this man, this Anga tribe member, it was very important to him to be mummified. And when he died a few years ago, his wish, his final wish was fulfilled. And I want to share some of the details from this specific mummification. They first started by putting white clay on their faces, a sign of grief and mourning the deceased man. And during this time, they were not allowed to drink any water, like whatsoever. The only thirst quencher allowed was sugarcane juice coming from bamboo. And the only food they could eat had to be cooked in the fire that was smoking the soon-to-be mummy. When the deceased skin would burn, they used sticks to scrape off the top layer. Well, over the next several weeks, the body was swelled up and blackened and finally hardened. 
As mentioned before, body fluids were smeared onto the bodies of the mummifiers, therefore preserving the man's spirit. In the final stage, they strapped him to a chair and put him onto a rock cliff overlooking his village. This next ritual takes us to my home state of the beautiful Colorado in a small mountain town called Crestone, which is about an hour's drive from Del Norte, a place where I've lived off and on for years and where some of my sweet family live to this very day. Believe it or not, that tiny mountain town in Colorado, that being Crestone, is the only place in the United States where you'll find an outdoor human cremation facility which I think is very, very cool. Not only is this facility a one of a kind in the United States, but what also makes it super unique and special is that the grieving family members have the option to actually participate, if you will, in the cremation of their loved one. The funeral pyre is constructed from a concrete and brick lined hearth uh, topped with a steel grate. The body is wrapped in a linen and cloth and then surrounded by branches and juniper logs. The family has the option whether they want to actually place the torch to the funeral pyre or not. The funeral pyre is still practiced commonly within the Hindu and Buddhist religions, but it is considered by many quite taboo here in the States. But I find it neat that a tiny little place like Crestone is doing this. My mom... Kimana, she actually knows many people who've had loved ones, family, and friends cremated this way in Crestone. Looking more into this, I found that a volunteer group called Crestone End of Life Project, they performed the cremations. As of now, only locals and people of Sawatch County, where my mom lives, is allowed to be cremated here. The project asks for a $425 donation for each cremation, which I would say is hell of a deal. It's crazy just, you know, like how expensive cremations can cost. I was looking at a list of prices depending on the city, and in New York City, it can get as pricey as 10,125 big ones. Denver, also in Colorado, can go up to $2,440. I mean, like, wow, 425 is a walk in the park, am I right? The 425 goes a long way, too. This not only covers the permits needed for a cremation, but this allows the project to offer grief counseling for the mourners, prepare the special kindling for the pyre, and repose the deceased. It takes five to six hours for a body to entirely burn. There is no way to separate human ashes, and the wood ash... So the family is given about five gallons of ashes. Next up is the Cavitano tree burials. The elderly man is going for a walk in the forest. He's thinking of his children and their children and all the memories that are piled in his brain. A lifetime of memories. His first kiss. His wedding ceremony. The moment that his grandchildren were born. Ah, he can hear the laughter in the air. He smiles. He can't help but. He stops walking. Standing in front of him is a gorgeous tree. He touches it. He smiles weakly. This is the one. You see, this man, he's not just going for the average walk. He's sick. 
His time is limited. He will expire soon. He had been, in fact, delaying this walk. For this walk is the next step to what will occur after he's gone. (sighs) After he's gone, he can't even think about that, you know? He frowns. Some may consider this morbid. I mean, he did too at first. But now he sees it as a beautiful thing. This is his tree. This is where loved ones will venture to when he's gone. Who knows, maybe his spirit will be there to see his family. In the Philippines, there's a group of people known as the Cavitano. When a Cavite is close to death, such as my imaginary dude I just spoke of, the person wanders into the forest in search of a special tree. After the tree is selected, the family and the sick or elderly will build a hut at the base of the tree where the dying will live there until they pass on. It sounds lonely, depressing, and isolating. Very hermit-like, right? But never fret. It is not. I mean, family and friends come, and while there, they hollow out the tree trunk. This, believe it or not, will be the coffin of the dying person. When the person passes on into the spiritual world, the body is then entombed vertically in the hollowed out tree trunk. The symbolism behind it is a very special one. Just as the tree gives life to the tribe via food for their tummies and families and wood for their fires and warmth, so when a person dies, they give their life back to the tree. The world is an interesting and bizarre place, and for each burial ritual shared today are thousands more. A few, which you'll hear more about next week in a special part tour. This week's special city shout-out goes to... Delhi Charter Township, Michigan. Novi, Michigan. Round Lake Beach, Illinois. Johnson City, Tennessee. And Lebanon, Ohio. Thank you all who listened. You're greatly appreciated wherever you are in this world. You're awesome. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. Just head on over to any podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Overcast, Podcast Addict, Basically, wherever you go to listen to your other fantastic podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcasts. So head over now and binge listen. And don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about it. See you next week.